Pokémon, Pokéballs, 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Okay, my thought of the day. Uh, it's very short. It's primarily aimed at gamers. But I've been playing Far Cry New Dawn, and uh, one of the things they've done is to try to give the NPCs, your partner that goes with you. So when you're not playing co-op, you can have a partner come with you and assist you in fighting and stuff. Uh, they did this in Skyrim and other games like that. What they need, though, is a setting for your NPC partners. Uh, they need a verbosity setting. So you could set it to high so the, the, the characters are, are verbose and talk a lot. Or you could have a shut the fuck up setting because let me tell you what Far Cry New Dawn needs on some of these characters is a just shut the fuck up setting because I'm trying to do something else right now. This isn't something I normally do, but of course when I do the podcast, my friends, uh, they listen to it, and then we end up in further conversations that unfortunately I can't record, but at least in this case, this was done through text. So I was actually just going to read the texts of some friends. One is a non-Star Trek fan. One is sort of a passable, kind of just knows what's going on in the Star Trek universe. And then me and one other guy are pretty deep in, like we could name the different ships and stuff, and that wouldn't seem weird to us. So it starts, this might be a silly question. If people can teleport anywhere, why are there still so many different types of transportation vehicles in Star Trek movies? Because teleportation costs a lot of energy and requires a lot of calculations that only a computer can do, and they can't teleport anywhere. Oh, so only rich people can teleport? In Star Trek, there is no more money. There are no rich people. You have a limited distance, and I think it has to be a straight line to teleport. It's mostly about energy. Most teleporters, transporters, have limited range. Also, you can't transport through shields, and transporting during warp speed is hazardous. But the show's original creators devised the idea as a way to save on film production costs. They figured out teleporting would be cheaper to film than having the ship land in every episode. Like teleporting shit. You talked about that once. Teleportation does open a lot of strange doors. I did once talk about teleporting poop straight out of your body so that in the future you wouldn't actually need toilets anymore. Teleporting things out of the body sounds way too dangerous. What if you accidentally teleport out the bottom half of a lung while trying to remove a tumor? It's true. Sometimes people cannot be beamed up because of interference, but there are teleports like phone booths. My premise is that you could teleport out any foreign DNA. That's anywhere, isn't it? And why don't they have money? How can they use public transport? They have solved food and energy issues with technology, so money became redundant. Hmm. Then people wouldn't have to work, and there would be heaps of people just making babies. That's fine if you have unlimited food and energy. I guess you could teleport out parts of people's brains. They'd then be too dumb to figure out what happened. And rape by teleport? Teleport a huge dildo into some woman's vagina? Wow, I look away for five minutes and then come back to teleportation rape. Just wow. Are you talking about forcing pregnancy on people? That's very anti-femininity. 
It's not rape. There could be women who just want kids. It's possible now, but it's too expensive. Maybe teleporting can just be done online. Terrorists could teleport tens of thousands of dildos into innocent civilians' vaginas and asses. And then all at once, too, a mass rape. The September 11th of rape. No, they can't. They would need passwords. Some people would be like, whoa, that felt nice. But still, it generally would be terrorism. If I could order semen online, I would have at least 10. 10 kids, not dildos. And then we basically start talking about coronavirus and toilet paper. But there are some other things you can now consider, and it's these kind of contributions I look forward to increasing uh, on the podcast. So if you have any thoughts, any ideas, any questions or comments, you can always send an email to velocipodcast at gmail.com or you can go to voicelink.fm slash velocipodcast and leave a voice comment there and then I can even include it in the show. I actually forget how and why this came up. I know I've talked about the Smurfs in the past, but it's, it's such an old comic and cartoon. I actually just assume there's a lot of young people who've never even really heard of the Smurfs. Recently, in the news, there was a gathering of French people all dressed like Smurfs. Uh, and this was in the midst of the corona pandemic. So people were saying that was a bad idea. And then the mayor of the town was like, nah, it's all right. Because, you know, apparently Smurfs can't get coronavirus, even if they're just people painted blue. But the bad guy in it uh, decided to cause trouble for the Smurfs. Gargamel always wanted to catch them. And people say, why did he want to catch them? Why did he hate them so much? He was an alchemist. And he thought if he could catch a Smurf, he could use them to turn lead into gold. So this was just like an old alchemy thing. And he thought these magical creatures would be the secret ingredient to making this thing happen. He wanted to sow discord amongst the Smurfs, which had a very peaceful and well-organized society where everyone had the rule. And that's why you have each Smurf has a definitive feature and then something Smurf. So it would be like Carpenter Smurf. He knows what he's going to do for the rest of his life, despite that that's really just a form of enslavement and predestination and you have no free will. But they didn't mind. You know, some people, some animals, some creatures, they actually find them best selves with these kind of restrictions. So to sow discord amongst the Smurfs, uh, Gargamel created Smurfette, the only female Smurf. So you can see the logic that's being thrown out there, the underlying message is not a great one uh, for International Women's Day, which was, you know, like two weeks ago. The interesting thing, so we ended up talking about it. I explained it. Yes, she was essentially a laboratory experiment created to cause discord. And he thought in an all-male society, what would cause the most discord? Gargamel chose a female. And so the formula for making him, though, has been published. It was part of the comic. And he says, sugar and spice, but nothing nice. A dram of crocodile tears a peck of bird brain, the tip of an adder's tongue, and half a pack of lies, white, of course. The slyness of a cat, the vanity of a peacock, the chatter of a magpie, the guile of a vixen, and the disposition of a shrew, and of course, the hardest stone for a heart. Now, the interesting thing is that when she is then created, she looks just like a smurf, but she has black hair, and there's some features. She's wearing a dress and she has some eyelashes and stuff to, disti to distinguish her from being one of the male Smurfs. There's actually not a huge difference. Uh, but the brunette bit is the bit that sticks out because what happens is Papa Smurf, the leader of the Smurf commune, decides he's going to fix her. And he fixes her through plastic Smurfery. So 
if all those ingredients we heard above are what she's made of, plastic smurfery is really just changing the surface. And he's making it sound, Papa Smurf is making it sound like that's enough to change the person, which again is not really a great message to be sending people that the core of their being isn't what matters. It's actually just their surface appearance. And then they're going to be different people. When the plastic smurfery is complete, Smurfette goes from being a brunette to a blonde. And she has a slightly more uh, decorative dress and she's wearing high heels. So it doesn't really seem like he's done anything more than change her dress and hair and shoes. Again, sending what I would believe to be a fairly bad message to the youth uh, who are actually into this. The problem is she doesn't actually become cohesive as part of the society because she's still the only female. But at that point, at least from then, she can be accepted as part of Smurf society. So that was all completely useless information. But should you ever want an example of sexism in media, of sort of the wrong message that media can send to children, and why we need people thinking about this stuff, I would say Smurfette is one of the best examples because even when they fixed her, they may have very much just made her worse. For those who are interested, I don't know if anyone would be, an update on the Netflix versus the Choose Co. LLC lawsuit where the Choose Your Own Adventure bookmakers are suing Netflix because they used their idea of a Choose Your Own Adventure style thing. Uh, they used the expression Choose Your Own Adventure in their TV show, Bandersnatch. And Netflix is now saying that Choose Your Own Adventure basically cannot be copywritten. So their statement is, In contemporary parlance, any situation that requires a series of unguided choices is referred to as a Choose Your Own Adventure. Now this is why Google actually wants people to not say Google it. And in North American English, Xerox is actually used for photocopy. So they will say Xerox it. And the problem is, if a word becomes common usage, you can no longer copyright that word. Even if that word refers to your company or has already been pre-copywritten, if a word becomes like a verb, you can no longer own the copyright on that word. You can't sue people for saying Xerox it uh, because Xerox now in this situation is commonly spoken. My understanding is in the UK, they will actually use the term Hoover, so Hoover the floor, when they want to vacuum. Because Hoover it has become so common, that's how everyone refers to vacuuming. So this probably happens all over the world. But Google changed to ABC. They actually changed their company name, and they, actually want, and they wanted people to stop saying Google it. But there's really, almost at this point, impossible to tell people to stop saying Google it. But I would bet they have stopped promoting Google as a service that way through media. Because there was one TV show, I think it was the reboot of Hawaii Five-0, which was not a great show. But I do remember one season, I think it was the second season, that characters started saying, Bing it. And this is because the Microsoft search engine, Bing, had paid for product placement, which is fine. I have no problem with product placement, but it was really funny to see someone who's essentially supposed to be a computer expert, the kind of person who would never use Bing, tell people that it was basically stupid not to Bing things or Bing it as an expression because that was not an expression. The actress did pull it off, though. She made it sound 
almost natural, despite the fact it wasn't at all. So Google doesn't want you to say Google it. Microsoft really wants you to say Bing it. If Bing ever became the standard search engine, they would then want you to stop because they don't want Bing it to be something that they lose as a copyright. But in a sad, sad way, I really want Netflix to win this court case so that I can then use choose your own adventure as an expression so that I don't have to explain what I want to do with this story in a weird, otherwise roundabout way. Because I've come up with some expressions and all of them are incredibly convoluted, which is just how my brain works at this point. I've realized in this time when it's basically everyone's under house arrest, all the topics I've been leaning towards have been just media-based because basically I can just talk about something that I see. It requires actually minimal thought because when I started looking over my notes, I realized like the last episode was all about media. It was about Star Wars, Star Trek, stuff like that. And then all the notes I made for this week, we had the, the bit on the Smurfs, but also uh, the notes I'm looking at right now is talking about the movie, the, the reboot of the Tomb Raider movie and how they have a bike messenger race. And to my view, if you've stooped so low that you have a bike messenger race in your movie, you've actually kind of run out of ideas. Uh, the only thing that's worse would be jet skis and boats for chase sequences. So a uh, bike messenger race is supposed to be exciting, but people going through an urban environment very quickly on bikes is not quite as visually stunning as it is to, to experience. One of the things I've found is that I really enjoy doing martial arts. Uh, very rarely do I enjoy watching martial arts, especially I practice judo. I don't watch a lot of judo. I'll watch highlight reels, but that's true of every sport that I can think of. I want to see the best moments. I don't want to sit through the drudgery of most of the games. So most ball-oriented games, there's a lot of stuff in between that I don't really care about. There is that one moment where another human being just jumps over another human being or does something amazing with the, the moment of the ball. That's what I want to see. Playing those drudgery moments, experiencing them firsthand, is a totally different experience because they are intense so when I'm doing judo and we're just like locked in and trying to find balance and stuff, uh, I'm sure it looks like very little to nothing is happening, but I'm working really hard. My opponent's working really hard and we're working hard together and you feel all that. None of that translates through to a movie. So when you think about racing through a city on a bicycle, I'm sure that is very exciting to do. Watching it, on the other hand, not so much. So bike messenger races through urban environments they need to be retired. Now, the jet ski, I've already complained about. And I forget, I think I actually said Sea-Doo, which was uh, one of the, the brands, maybe. And that word got stuck in my head, and I couldn't remember jet ski. And actually, Tommy sent me a message, and it just said, jet ski, you moron, or something like that. Which was fair. I mean, I was technically getting the word wrong. But boat chases are the worst. Because what is a boat, or a boat chase scene, but really... The cars that don't turn very well. So the only time a boat looks exciting is when it's going in a straight line. And if you're chasing a boat that's going in a straight line, that makes it a little easier to shoot and probably hit. So every, pretty much every boat chase would end when the two boats line up and the shooting begins and you're hitting the boat. Because it can turn, but it's not going to turn very fast. Uh, and then it's going to still be fairly easy to hit with whatever you're shooting at the boat with. They're also, honestly, comparatively speaking, 
not particularly exciting to watch. Like you have boats. I'm trying to think there's a James Bond movie where there's a boat that goes through sort of a crowded port and that came close, but it would have been better as a car chase. It was one of those movies where they had an airplane chase, a car chase and a boat chase. And then by the end you were kind of like, why did I see all that? Because a lot of that seemed very pointless. Airplanes make a little more sense because they are going so fast and they can go up and down and you can do things with them that you can't do with cars. But there's nothing that a boat can do that a car can't do and look more exciting while doing it. And they can slide and they can turn corners. And these are just things that if you are writing your film, if you're sitting down right now, for some reason listening to this podcast while you are sketching out your first draft of your manuscript of your blockbuster action movie, if you have a bike messenger race to show, just to try to demonstrate how physically capable your main character is, who then ends up on a jet ski or in some kind of boat chase, you should probably just take that script and set it on fire. And if it's digital and it's on a laptop, you should just be safe and burn the laptop. The loss of the loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. Leave a text or voice question or comment at voicelink.fm slash podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to velocipeter.com slash podcast, sexy out homies. This is a rare thing to do, but uh, of course I... <clears throat> okay, start again. And it's these kind of... Con- con-